and and I'm like, why, why, why does this happen? And you know, she, my friend goes as we're looking out at the beautiful views. You know, she goes, you don't love yourself. Mm. I said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. She said, no, because if you did, you wouldn't be 24 now searching for unconditional love. You would love yourself unconditionally. Mm. And I said, you know what? You are right. Hi, this is Kishara Johnson, and you are listening to Undiscovered Worth, the podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire, grow, and connect us through honest and in-depth conversations about shared human experiences. The next several episodes are all about defining moments, the moments that truly change and shape us into who we are ultimately meant to become. On this episode, I speak with Alexis about her defining moment, ended the cycle of seeking validation from others, as well as having the courage to start over. Hope you enjoy, and if you do, be sure to rate and subscribe. I've been telling people, you know, your defining moment can be anything, just, you know, something that's deeply impacted you or whatever. Um, And it can be multiple little defining moments that have culminated into one defining moment, or it can just be one. Like, it's, it's literally up to you. Okay. Okay. I, um, I have one. Okay. It's kind of, it's like, um, do I just go? Yeah, you can just can I start whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, stop being, um, crazy awkward. Just go no. into it. Okay. <laughs> so, um, for me, it's like, because of my background, so, like, I grew up in foster care. Mm. Um, you know, I came from a very abusive background granted my parents had money so it forced me to stay in a situation longer um but because of that it's like I've always been searching for this unconditional love Mm. you know and it's like I gave up so many things to try and obtain it you know and in the process I didn't even realize I was giving up not only things but just myself and risking my my identity you know and it's so funny because like it like totally starts like okay with like my friendships in high school right you Mm -hmm. know I had this group of girls I hung around and lower lower like lo and behold they weren't even my friends like I was just doing everything whatever they wanted you know I didn't Mm -hmm. even think about what I liked or what I wanted and things like that, just constantly trying to please them. And, you know, I didn't realize that. And so then it rolled into my relationships as a young adult. You know, like I met a great group of girls in Birmingham and, you know, doing everything I can to make sure they're happy and they're good. And then the moment I have an issue or the moment I need them to be there for me, it's like crickets, Mm -hmm. right? You know, but still, I'm still searching. So Mm -hmm. not even trying to figure out what Alexis needs, what Alexis likes, just searching for this, this love that I see everybody else have, whether it's relationships with their family, their friends, boyfriends, you know, like it was just so important to me to have that. And I would have given up like my right arm and my leg, you know, um, just to have it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it just hits home for me because then 
I started to think about like how it was almost like chasing a high, you know, because then in my relationships with men and women, you know, it was like I was vulnerable and had that baggage and they knew it and they really took advantage of it, but I allowed them to, Mm. you know, for me, it's like, it didn't matter if, you know, it was serious them or not like that little moment was so precious to me because you know I felt as if it was unconditional and the thought of if you know they were being truthful or honest or whatever didn't matter to me um and I never did drugs or anything but I would just assume it you know the closest thing would be like chasing that high and um but really I say all that to just say you know um, me trying to chase that unconditional love within my family is what really sat sat me down. Mm. And um, you know, I was in, you know, I worked for Sephora. Yeah. And then I got recruited to work for Cellular Sales Verizon, and I was making good money. You know, mm-hmm. for my age, you know, I was making good money, and I was going to trips. You know really living in my life, like having everything on my own and then having one of my family members come back into my life and telling me to give it up saying, you know, come with me, you know, you don't need a word, give up everything. You just go to school and that he loved me. He seen me as a daughter, you know, and, you know, having, you know, someone, a friend who was older, like, that doesn't make sense. You know, he wants you to give back your car. What about your credit? And I'm just defending them. No, no, no. You know, he said, it's going to be fine. It's only five years. He's going to give me his car that's paid off. She's like, well, it doesn't sound right. Where was he when you were getting abused as a child? Why does he want to come now as you're an adult and Mm. say he wants to adopt you and all this stuff? And I'm just defending it because I want it so bad. Right. Yeah. So girl, I gave up everything. I gave them back my car um, my apartment, um, stopped my job, um, everything and moved to North Carolina, you know? And, um, when I got there, it was almost too good to be true, you know? And, um, it was a controlling thing Mm -hmm. that was going on. And even in the midst of it all, I still was defending it. Like, no, no, this is what love, this is what unconditional love is. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I decided on my own, like he, he wanted me to run everything through him, by him, um, every little thing. And I was, you know, I was taking care of the house, him, when I was working, he didn't want me to work. Something told me in the back of my mind to, you know, put some money away. So mm-hmm. I always on the low put money away until he's like, look, I don't want you working. And I stopped working. So I literally the whole nine months or eight months I was there, I worked for three months. OK. Mm-hmm. And I was in school the whole time. And um, so on my own <clears throat> for my birthday, I flew back to Seattle um, for a week and I seen my real mom. And I haven't seen her since I was, like, in the eighth grade. And I am 24. Mm. And um, it went really well. You know, she apologized for a lot of things. And um, 
admit it to a lot. Like it was, it was beautiful, you know, but through that, I realized like, man, I, I have some things in me that maybe I want to speak to a counselor about just because during the holidays I get sad and I don't want to be sad. You know, I'm doing great things in life. You know, I've accomplished so much. So I finally shared this with him. You know, my uncle who's, you know, he's proud telling everyone I'm his daughter and we're going through the adoption papers and that I want to be, that I just want to see a counselor just so I can not be sad. Yeah. And he says, if I would have known that, I would have never brought you here. He says, I'm using it as a platform. You know, just says all these things. I call and stop the adoption. You can't work for the UN and see a counselor. Mm. Now you can't do that. You can't be in school and see a counselor. You know, just all these things, you know, and, and not, I'm not going to go further into depth, but just, you know, more yeah. worse than that, making it about him. You know, you bringing your parents into this house and, and, you know, this and that. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell? And, and just, I never met someone who made something so little, so small, made it so about them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Off of me just saying, I want to see a counselor. Then the next day, um, he goes, you can't be at home by yourself. Keep in mind, nothing else was wrong prior to you. There wasn't any suicide. I don't know nothing. It was just casual. I just want to see a counselor because I'm tired of being sad you know, during the holidays. Um, so then, you know, he says, you can't be at home by yourself and you can't drive an hour out. Keep in mind, I knew nobody in North Carolina. I finally made a friend who was one of his friends who lived an hour away and mm-hmm. she was my age. And, you know, his friend was the mom and, you know, again, searching for that unconditional love, right? Yeah. <clears throat> she was like a mom to me. So he stripped that of me. Says like, I can't do that. Um, and I call her up and I said, something bad's going to happen. I feel it. She goes, no, 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 he's not going to do anything bad. He's probably just trying to adjust. And you know how, you know, in that stigma in the black community about, you know, seeing counselors and mental illness and things like that, Mm. you know, all that stuff. Two days before Christmas, he goes, get out. Now, he knew, he knew, in his mind, I had nothing because I wasn't working, right? Didn't yeah. tell him I was stashing away a little bit of money at a time. Because when I did work, it was a part-time job, mm-hmm. okay? I go, okay, well, do you want me to put the car and the insurance under my name or whatever so I can take I, – you're not taking that car. I said, you told me to give them back my car. That's now on my credit. You said because I can have this car. I changed my mind. Wow. So I go back inside the house two days before Christmas. And I'm packing. He comes in and, oh, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing now. And I said, this is what you told me to do. You know, oh, make sure they call it and put the adoption on. I've already did that. Okay, give me the keys. I never put a gun to your head about giving up your car. That's it. He didn't know. He wasn't expecting me to, to, to pack. He was expecting me to cry and have nothing, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm packing. And I call my friend, and I'm like, I can't think right now. I said, I have X amount of money. I said, I need a plane ticket. I need a plane ticket. You know, my best friend goes, where are you going? I said, I don't know. I can't think. Just tell me how much the plane tickets are if I go here, and tell me how much the plane tickets are if I go here. I'm trying to pack as much stuff as I can two days before Christmas. Mm. Pack in, pack in, and um finally you know tells me the pricing I'm like okay well I'll go here because I grew up there I know I'll be able to get a job quick quicker 
I think I'll be able to get on my feet a lot faster. Um, and so that's what I did, you know? And so then I hit a place where it's like, I'm nothing now because I gave it all up because I wanted that unconditional love so bad that I've been searching for my whole life. And it blew up the biggest blow up in my face. And it's because of me. I have no one to blame. I had it all. And Mm -hmm. I gave it up to trust someone, you know, someone who says they see me as a daughter, they love me unconditionally. And I didn't look at the red flags. I mean, he has his own kids that he doesn't really have a relationship with who are my age, you know, and finding out everything was just conditional. And, um, as I sat in my friend's car, once I got here, you know, this was like maybe a week after Christmas, this is the biggest defining moment of my life because as I sat there, I thought of so many different things that, you know, having something like that happen, you know, it'll make you get depressed. And then I'm like, well, I can't let him win because, you know, that's what he was trying to say was that, you know, I was crazy just because I wanted to talk to somebody. I can't, I can't let him win. What do I do? What do I do? And, and I'm like, why, why, why does this happen? And, you know, my friend goes, as we're looking out at the beautiful views, you know, she goes, you don't love yourself. Mm. I said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. She said, no, because if you did, you wouldn't be 24 now searching for unconditional love. You would love yourself unconditionally. Mm. And I said, you know what? You are right. And when I tell you that moment changed my life, it changed my life on how I see things, how I view things. And you know what? I'm so thankful that happened to me. I'm so thankful that it happened and I had money saved away because this was the biggest learning experience ever because now I start to think back on my life. And um, the fact that I'm 24 and instead of spending the time to get to know who I was, I was too busy trying to get to know everybody else yeah. and find something and make and make them love me because my parents never loved me, because my family never loved me, because my friends never really loved me, you know, and it just hit me. And then I start to think, dang, well, I was successful in all my jobs that I did. Why was I successful? Because of the acknowledgement. That's why I did so good in sales, B2B sales, because if you do what you need to do, it's, it's on you. You know what I'm saying? It's commission. Yeah. The acknowledgement. It was like I was I was still searching for that even in my job. You know, wanting to be the best, not because I cared about the product per se, but I loved the, the praise that I never received. I loved the love that I never got. And I said, oh, my gosh, I don't love myself the way I, I thought I did. You know? And it just really changed everything and and it just blew me away it it really did and um realizing you know how how important it is to truly love yourself and really love yourself and what does that mean to love yourself yeah you know um and since that happened it's like I'm doing everything that I want to do. And not in a selfish tent, but it's like, I don't have any kids. You know, I don't have a strong relationship with, with my family. 
you know, and that's okay. And being able to say, you know what, that's okay. You know, one day in life, maybe I'll have my own family. You know, I want to change the world. I want to start a nonprofit for foster kids so they don't suffer the way that I suffered. I want to write a book. I want to do a podcast. I want to work for the UN. You know, I want to be a sales marketing executive for Fortune 500 company. And you know what? I can do that. I can do that. And um, just really looking at the things I have accomplished and how these different companies have taken a chance on me and how I've, I've exceeded every time, you know, even with the, the job I just got, you know, taking a chance because mm-hmm. technically you had to have your degree. I haven't finished my degree. I'm still in school now. Um, so, yeah, it was just like a defining moment of, you know what, that's why th- this keeps happening because I don't love myself unconditionally. I love myself conditionally. How can I expect someone else to love me unconditionally? And I don't even love myself that way. Mm. So to just understand that and really take the, the reins to just change and do what I love to find out about Lex. What does Lex love to do? Oh, you don't know. Let's try these different things. Let's just go for it. You know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's, that was literally my biggest defining moment and it's really changed a lot and it's definitely helped me grow even further in this short amount of time just because of how heavy an impact it was Mm -hmm. um and I'm just excited to see the growth a year from now does that make sense oh my gosh yes it does man That's, yeah, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was hard and, you know, trying to be what everybody else wanted, you know, always getting compared to, well, so-and-so, you know, they already have their masters or, you know, just, just things that just aren't, I don't know, like, it's not, um, genuine, you know, like. Like, of course, like, of course you can be happy for someone, but you don't have to always compare your life to someone else. You know, there's not one way to do life. <laughs> life is all about the journey. It's not about the end result. Yeah. It's the journey of how you got there. And there's not one way to do it. So why compare, you know? Yeah. <sighs> Swear on everything. I'm like speechless right now. Uh, um, okay. I'm going to have an honest moment right now. Um, crazy thing is I, I thought so I, I thought me moving to New York City was gonna be that thing that like validated me and made me feel accomplished or feel like I was worthy and I realized that that wasn't it and then I, I realized that I was like in a lot of ways running to like relationships so, like obviously I know my husband loves me and I, I love him but I realized that once I got married, I was expecting everything to be like all happy and wonderful, you know, like never have any problems and never be lonely ever again type of thing. But I, after I got, after we got married, you know, you kind of go through the honeymoon phase for a few weeks or a few months or whatever. But I realized kind of the same thing in a lot of ways. Like I still, like you, like I realized like I, I have to love myself and accept myself and that I can't come like I was realizing that a lot of times like if we had an argument like I would melt down you know and Mm -hmm. um 
I think it's the, uh, I think it's related to a lot of what you said. I'm not saying it's like anything identical, but the idea of loving yourself and, um, I'm gonna mess it up, but my, my friend that I just got the phone with, we kind of had a, a little bit of a similar conversation. Um, but she, she said that we have to show our, show ourselves grace or enough grace to exist in our space. Um, Ooh, I like that. Right. Okay. So I, I just said it, but I, I feel like it might be wrong. She, yeah, I think she did say, she said, um, cause I had to repeat it like twice and then I repeated it. But of course, if I don't write it down, then I'm not going to say it correctly. But I'm pretty sure she said we have to learn to show ourselves enough grace to exist in our current space. And I love that. Yeah. And it's so true. Like, no matter who you surround yourself with or what your current circumstances are, like, if you don't love yourself, then it's it, none of that really matters. You know, you're always going to be looking, like you said, for that next high. So, wow. yeah, so that's, that's pretty amazing that you mentioned all of that. Like, it's so, it's so true. It's so true. And we don't show ourselves enough grace, you know? We don't. We don't give ourselves enough credit, I feel like, because we're too concerned with trying to compare our lives to other people and how they're living it. And, oh, they're my age and this is where they're at, you know? And yeah not enjoying the journey enjoy the ride because once you get there it's over right you know the fun isn't in just getting there the fun is how you got there that's why it's so fun to hear other people's stories Mm -hmm. how did you become oprah or you know what i mean like there's not there's not one way and i feel like we we just give each other too much of a hard time because we're too busy comparing instead of just live be be you yeah you know there's not enough of that and I also feel like part of being comfortable with being yourself is also being comfortable with being alone. Yes. Um, because the, I guess it would, maybe it started, I started writing down a gratitude list every morning. Um, I think probably in November is when I started it, but I write down things that I'm thankful for and it can't be the same thing every day. So I can't be like, oh, I'm thankful for my family or I'm thankful for a car, blah, blah, blah. Like it has to be something new every single day. Um, but then I also wanted to try like meditating um, to practice mindfulness because I feel like my train of thought has, or, like my ability to focus has like been really bad. I think it got worse last year with being on social media so much. But it was kind of strange because I realized um, that like even for three minutes, to sit down in complete silence for three minutes. Like I had the hardest time doing that. And I realized it was because it's to some extent, it's scary getting to know yourself. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times there's like hurts and pains and our society tells us to do like to run from that and just ignore it, ignore it. It'll go away. But like to sit with yourself even for three minutes in complete silence for me, it was really like a weird Deep down, I felt like a sense of fear because I was like, what's going to come up, you know? But I think that's part of learning who you are, getting through the really hard parts of things that have happened in your childhood or things that have happened recently or whatever. You know, and not being scared to own it. And, you know, like one of the things that he was saying to me was, you can't do what you want to do and that happen and people know. 
don't mm-hmm. bring that up. Everybody's been through something, you yeah. know, and it and it's like like making it to where it's not okay to own it. Yeah, like, it's okay, you know, it's it's okay to own it and and be proud and show the next person who's going through it like you could still make it in spite despite of you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that for sure. So yeah, well, so this all happened really within the last say month, right? Yeah, this was this the biggest defining moment of leading up to all this was this month. Hmm. This month. Well, so it's very. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. It's uh, it's very fresh, but I've seen little things like, you know, with the the friendships that I've made in Birmingham, because I didn't know anyone in Alabama. Then I met a group of girls, you know, from work that I thought we were really friends and, and we weren't. Then I started looking at how I was doing in my relationships. Yeah. You know, and then, but this searching for this biggest high, giving up everything that I've ever had, even like part of my future for this uncle who said he seen me as a daughter and all this other stuff, this was the biggest moment. Like, this was, like, the the lettuce that held it all together that just made <laughs> everything just <laughs> fall. And I needed yeah. it. I needed, I needed it because now I see everything. And I'm happy this happened at 24 because, you know what, I'm going to be successful. Yes. You know, I have a strong work ethic. My I have great visions and dreams that I think people would be interested in. It, all that stuff doesn't even matter because I'm going to make it. And so I'm glad this happened at 24 because now I'm like, well, shoot, I'm still young. Let's rebuild, you know? But yeah. I'm going to build a stronger foundation now because now I'm aware. At first I was blind and I didn't see it. Now I have no excuse because not only do I see it, but I felt it. I feel it. Mm. I'm aware, you know? And that just makes me even stronger, yeah. you know? I was literally going to say that exact same thing, but I'm glad you said it because I would have felt bad if it was insensitive for me to be like, it's actually a really great thing that it happened, you know, (laughs) and that it happened now. No, I'm being so serious. Some people, some people literally go their whole entire lives and it's such a, it's such a crazy thought. Like we live to what eighties in our eighties, you know, some of us Mm -hmm. are lucky to live to our nineties and like people, some people literally go their entire lives looking for validation or looking for love. You know what I mean? Yes. So to have learned that at 24, which on a small scale, 24, like I'm 24, I'll be 25 this year. Like I feel like I'm on the cusp of being like an old granny, but in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> Me like too. Me too. I'm like shopping. I'm like, where's the turtleneck section? Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> like Friday night. And I'm like, cuddled up in my bed I'm like prepared for for nap time after this <laughs> but to learn that at 24 though like that's that's amazing because you do have your whole life ahead of you and I'm I'm so excited for you I've I'm so excited for you thank you yeah. thank you so much that means a lot yeah I mean Cause it's like I said, some people literally wait their like, go through their entire life and and don't ever learn that, um, and it's such a free. I I mean I imagine it, it's very freeing for you. I know it was freeing for me when it, I at least was able to acknowledge that I oftentimes seek validation from other people. 
Oh my gosh, it was so free. It's like the weight is lifted off my shoulders and it's like being blind and then I have surgery and now I can see. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's just, it's phenomenal and I'm happy it happened at the start of a year, ironically, yeah, you know, and the fact that it happened as I'm rebuilding and starting fresh, you know, because imagine if this would happen in the middle of like a career or whatever the case may be, like I'm starting fresh off of, you know, new knowledge, new everything. So, you know, it was perfect timing um, for sure. And this just literally catapulted me and I'm now more determined than ever and like I'm just so excited you know and not in a pity there's like that poem oh god I never saw a wild thing feel sorry for itself have you heard that poem no say it again I never saw a wild thing feel sorry for itself hmm that's just like part of the poem and it's going to kill me because it's like one of my favorite ones. But you know, (laughs) I've carried that poem with me like that phrase and that saying since foster care, Mm. because you know, foster kids, we have such this negative stigma on us. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I'm a wild thing, you know, like, like I have all these rough edges, you know, you know, and hearing that never saw one feel so I've never once felt sorry for myself and what I've been through and, and I've been so successful because of it. And this is now just making me even more successful. So now I built everything off of a shaky foundation. Well, you crashed and burned. So now I'm thankful. Yeah. I appreciate that because now I could build a stronger foundation. So now I could build my empire on top of it and change, change the world, you know, leave a footprint. <laughs> Gosh, this is so powerful. Um, so I have to ask because, yes. okay, so I, I've done this, these interviews. You're, I think you're probably what, maybe the 11th person. And, mm-hmm. um, I had no clue what I basically went off of this. It was kind of almost like an experiment in a way because Oprah said that all of our stories are connected. Um, all of our stories are connected. And so I was like, okay, if that's the truth, then like, I've got this question. What are defining moments? You know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so I kind of took a leap of faith on these conversations with all these different people from all over the country um, who have so many different backgrounds. Um, And I've realized that one of the big commonalities has been generally in like a person's defining moment. It's, it's been in some way, shape or form connected to a, either a friend or family member. So who is this friend of yours? Does she live in Seattle or? Oh, that told me that I didn't love myself. Yeah, I thought I did. That's amazing to have a friend that is that's willing to blunt. tell you the yeah <laughs> to tell you the hard she... truth. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, lives in Seattle. Her name is Misha, and you know she used to be my boss. So, um, I she worked at Sephora. Mm-hmm. She works for a nonprofit now. But I met her at Sephora when I first started working. I was a year into it. And she was my boss. And she was like a big sister to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stayed close even when I moved to Alabama. We always stayed in touch. And then when I moved to Fayetteville, we stayed in touch. And, 
um, then when I seen her up here, I didn't like, you know, for a week, I didn't say anything. I was just in my mind trying mm-hmm. to process everything. Yeah. And the minute I told her I'm in town, it was like nothing ever happened. She's like, oh my gosh, you're in Tacoma. I'm like ten, five minutes, 10 minutes from you. I'm picking you up. And she took me to the spot that she always goes. It's like this drive. It's like this five mile drive and it's beautiful scenery mm. and beautiful. And people just, it's, and we just had a serious conversation. I said, well, why did you tell you the real reason why I came back? You know, I never planned to come back. Yeah. Then I told her and we had the type of relationship where if we're not going to be honest with ourselves, with the people we love, then we're leading you to drown, basically, because I'd rather have my friend be bluntly honest than I get eaten alive out here in the world. You know, she wants to see me be successful, and she knows if she doesn't give me the real, I won't be successful. Yeah. So she she broke it to me, and I was like, mm, you're right. Yeah. You know? And a part of being able to do that, though, is you can't be defensive, and um, you can't have any walls of so just knowing, like, hey, when she says something, I can't be defensive because yeah. she only wants the best for me. Just like, you know, if I say something to her, she may not want to hear it either. But it's like, hey, we can't be defensive because we just want to see each other grow. We want to see each other make it, you know. Mm. So, yeah, she just was like, this is it. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, you're right, girl. Gosh. <laughs> is she, okay, so is she like our age? Yeah, you know what? She is 30. She'll be 31 this year. And she, I mean, that's amazing. I feel like 30, now that I'm like halfway to 30, I feel like 30 is pretty young. So she's, I'm not going to say she's wise beyond her years, but you know, well, I mean, maybe in the grand scheme of things with people saying and saying that people go their whole lives without knowing that, like that's, that's pretty remarkable. And the fact that she told you. Oh, sorry, go ahead. And the fact that she told you, like, she, that's an amazing friend. I'm blessed to have her. Like, she's so spiritual. Mm. And she's big into mental wellness, you know, Mm -hmm. not just health, but mental wellness just all together. And, um, yeah, we have a great relationship. And I expect nothing less, you know, from her because that's just who she is. You know, she's always been that type of person. Yeah. So I'm very thankful to have her for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a blessing. Um, so you're on this new journey of self love and self care. So mm-hmm. this has all happened within the last few weeks, but how have you started on the track of self love, self care? Um well, but prior to all this, you know, right when I got out of high school I actually played college basketball. Mm-hmm. So I loved working out and, you know, the type of groups I hung around, they weren't into that. So I kind of stopped. Well, I got back to it. So she works out with me. We go to the gym six days a week, um, Planet Fitness, and I love it. And we just go and work out. And I used to write all the time. I've got back into my writing, my poetry Mm. and things like that. I love to write. I'm just trying to remember what I like to do and it's okay like I'm such a grandma like I don't like going to the clubs or going to bars and I don't drink and I only used to like drink casually because the friends I had did it but I I can't tell you the last time I had a drink because I'm just on this self thing of like I don't like it it does nothing for me that doesn't taste good and it's high as I don't know what (laughs) 
expensive, right? Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. So yeah, I, I don't drink because I don't like it. So I stopped doing that. Just really doing what makes me happy. And it's okay if it's not the norm for other 24-year-olds. You know what? Hey, it makes me happy and I enjoy it. So, so basically, yeah. the next time I see you, I'm not going to be able to recognize you because you aren't drinking. <laughs> 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 and you're in the gym basically 24-7, let's just be honest. <laughs> I'm not going to recognize you. <laughs> Look, and we're going to call it Body Built by Jesus. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. Well, so in talking about self-care self-love I mean I think a big part of caring for yourself is forgiveness so it's really soon but do you think you'd be able to find it in yourself to forgive your uncle for that entire situation you know honestly I'm so glad you brought that up because you're right it's so important and you know what I'm working on it I'm working on it. It's very hard. Yeah. Um, But it's so weird because it's like, I want to be like, but I'm like, it's not his fault because, I mean, I gave it up. You know, I, I went off of someone's word. You know, I mm. didn't do my homework. So really, it's like I have to take ownership of it myself. And on the grand scheme of things, it's like kind of happy it happened because of look at all the other things I have followed after. So I'm definitely working on it. I can definitely honestly say I don't hate him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm just at the point to where I can tolerate him. Yeah. But I want to get to the point to where it's more than just tolerate. It's like freely open, you know, love. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to get to that point. So yeah, right now I'm just on like, oh, I can tolerate them. You know, when I get everything cleared and we get everything else separated, I don't have much to say. I'm like at that point, Mm -hmm. but I definitely want to grow and to become a better woman and get past that, you know, because a lot of people are going to do things to you in your life. And I think it's not about what they did, but how you show them that, you know what? It's okay. I still got love. You know, I think that really shows true character. Yeah. So two things. One, Mm -hmm. I think that your ability to take responsibility is really cool. And I think that's such a strength. Um, Okay, this is okay. Part part two. This is going to be sad. This is going to sound weird, but I promise you there's a point. (laughs) I was having, I've been having so many, like, really interesting conversations. I feel like I should record all these conversations with the friends that I have. But, um, I have a friend, and we were talking about, um, the steps, the 12 steps. And one of the steps she was talking about was, um, I think she said it was step four. And it's basically, um the part where you write down everything that's happened to you little big from as far as you can remember whatever and you write down the ways that it affected you or whatever and the part that you played in it and she wasn't talking about like in the sense of like obviously like being sexually assaulted like that you that's something that happens to you that's just tragic you know 
but she was right. talking about this basically that whole step was about I feel like was about self responsibility like taking responsibility and that's such a powerful thing to be able to take responsibility because that's also another thing that some people literally go to their grave and never take responsibility for anything and just let life happen to them you know what I mean yes I know exactly what you mean I feel like it's important to take responsibility because if you're not taking responsibility you keep giving away your power yeah versus if I take responsibility it's like I know I have the power I hold it yeah yeah I messed up and I'm gonna fix it you know like yes we all make mistakes (laughs) you know yeah that's so true I'm going to sit and think, <laughs> I'm literally going to go to sleep thinking about that. The idea of <laughs> taking responsibility is essentially taking back your power and acknowledging that you have the power to change your situation. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so important because if you don't, I promise you it'll drive you, it'll drive you crazy, you know, and look, I learned that from experience too. I learned that when I was... 16 going on with the dealing with what happened uh to me in foster care you know Mm -hmm. you have to own up it's so much more than just perception how people perceive it's it's for you yeah you know so moving forward I guess what are your um hopes for this year you're in school which is amazing you've moved you basically started over so what are your what are your hopes for this year what are your expectations or um, my expectations um, would be to continue to find out more about me. Um, also to continue to succeed in my new my new job, mm. um, and to just live uncomfortable. You know, I've always wanted to be comfortable, want to find that love, that security. Security has always been huge for me, security and stability. Mm-hmm. But right now, I feel like it's important for this year for me to live uncomfortably. You know, find out things about me that I didn't know. Try these different things. Talk to people about my ideas to get them from the paper to in front of my face. You know, just things like that. So I would say that that is a priority for me is to live as uncomfortably as I can. Ooh, to good. continue to find out more about Lex. Yeah. Um. Okay, and finish the sentence. One thing I love about myself is... I hear you. Um, one thing I love about myself is my ability to love. Mm. Because despite everything through it all no one's gonna love you of course we all say that (laughs) like I I will (laughs) you know I just love everyone you know I see the good in so in everybody just period you know I could find the good in them so yeah I love that I can do that despite of what I've been through 